Now, take your Bible and turn over there to the book of Romans. The book of Romans and chapter 11. Romans chapter 11. There's a verse there I want you to see. I think you'll be impressed with this verse. I'm going to knock your socks off. Romans chapter 11. And look in verse 6. Romans chapter 11, verse 6. This is what it says. And if by grace, then it is no more of works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if it be of work, then it is no longer grace or no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. In other words, you're either saved by grace or you're saved by work, but you cannot be saved both ways. I'm going to trust Christ as my Savior plus, or just in case I'm going to be good anyway, then you don't really trust Him. You believe and you're trusting in your works to get you to heaven. See, there are people, believe it or not, who believe you can be saved today and think they can lose it down the road. That is the doctrine of the Pharisees. It's according to your righteousness. And God says, if he saves you today, then grace can keep you saved. Because you didn't do anything to get it here, then you can't do anything to lose it here. Don't you see that? But if anybody teach, any preacher, I don't care who they are, teach you can be saved today and lost in the future, don't understand the gospel. They don't understand it. Because if you can lose it, how can you lose it? If you're not saving you, it doesn't depend upon you. My salvation going to heaven depends upon Christ. The only way I can lose my salvation, he loves it. He has to do it, not me. I, and he can't cast me out and he'll never lose me. He's already promised me eternal security, eternal life. And never cast me out and never lose me. That is the best news in all the world. So you're not saved by anything you do. Now, give, let me give you one more verse before we move on. Look there in the book of Galatians in chapter 2. Galatians chapter 2, and look there in verse 8 and 9. Galatians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. And verse 8 says, look at it, because you've got to see this in the Bible. You probably didn't know that was in there. But there it is, lo and behold. Verse 8, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of what? Not of works. Why? Lest any man should boast. What was the man doing in the temple? Lord, I'm glad I'm not like them. I do this and I do that and I give tithes and I blah, 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 and I blah, blah, blah. Look how great I am. God says it's free so that you can't brag. You can't boast. The only reason I'm going to heaven is not because of anything that I've done. It's because of what Christ did on the cross for me. He paid for my sins. That's why I'm going to have Why? Because he paid my sins. See, if he paid for my sins, then I don't have any sins to pay for. Think it through. The reason I can't go to hell today or tomorrow because I don't have any sins to pay for. Somebody says, you don't deserve that. That's the point. You don't deserve it. It's because he loves us that much. It has nothing to do with me loving God. It has everything to do with him loving me. And that's the best news in the world. I'll look now at the next statement. Number two, beware of the leaven of the Sadducees. And the reason they're so sad, you see, is because they do not believe in miracles. The supernatural power of God. And so they um, came to Jesus and they said, uh, Jesus, uh, there's this um, woman and uh, she was married. And there were seven brothers. And she was married to one of them and, and he died. So according to the law, the, the next one is supposed to take her 
and uh, had seed uh, for the brother that had died, so that, and she didn't have any kids, so she, he, he married her. Well, well, then that one died, so she married the next one. Well, then he died, so she married the next one. She married all seven of them. So whenever she dies and goes to heaven, which one's going to get to be her husband? My wife asks that question, too, sometimes. When we get to heaven, we're still married, and don't you forget it. I said, honey, I, I, I don't think there's going to be marriage and all that going on in heaven. She says, just in case. Okay. Now, the thing to remember is that when you're talking about the Sadducees, they did not believe in the power of God, the miraculous miracles. This was not part of, these were like, these are your liberals in Congress. But anyway, Jesus works miracles. And they didn't believe in miracles. He did about the power of Beelzebub. Always somebody else to get credit for it. But Jesus does all these miracles things for us in our life. And when you trust Christ as your Savior, the biggest miracle of all is when you were born into God's family and became a child of God. Now, he says to the Sadducees, you err not knowing the scriptures nor the power of God. He says, they're like the angels in heaven. There's neither married or going on marriage and so forth going on. He says, um, in the book of Galatians, he says, there's neither male nor female, uh, neither bond nor free, neither Jew nor Greek. He says, we're all one in one big family. So I don't know what we're going to look like. I just hope I don't look like a girl. I don't mind if you girls look like us guys, but I don't want us guys looking like you women. But anyway, I think that uh, God will take care of all of that. All right, we're going to let God take care of this. And he says, and uh, we don't know what we're going to be like, but when we see him, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. One of the days, we're going to literally see God. And so we're going to have a, a brand new body. I, I, just as long as I get another new one, I don't mind. Because when you stop and think about it right now, you've never seen yourself. If you think your body is that perfect picture of you, uh, didn't you look better years ago? Just think, right now you look as better than you'll ever look for the rest of your life. That's scary. That means it's ugly from here on in. <laughs> no, don't, don't, don't. I can see that I'm getting sidetracked here just a tad. But he says, if the church gets to the place where you don't believe in God being able to perform a miracle, why would you pray? Prayer has no purpose. If I don't believe that my prayers can motivate or do something whereby God will answer my prayer, and if I don't pray, he won't do it, that requires a miracle. And I believe in that, and I believe in prayer. I believe that my prayers can change things because there's a God who says, ask and you shall receive. Pray always. Well, see, if I don't believe in anything supernatural, then it's just left up to you and me in, uh, in this old world. No, I, I live every day believing God can work behind the scenes. I don't have to see it happen, but I know. And I believe with all my heart. He says, beware of that doctrine that don't believe in the power of God. You see, the reason I love witnessing because I know the new birth is not of works of man, then it has to be by the power of God. It has to be supernaturally done. 
I didn't give myself this new birth. God did that for me. When I trusted him as my savior, he gave me eternal life. I am his child and I will be his child for all eternity. That's the best news I ever heard. Look at the last one down here. Beware of the leaven of the Herodians. That means you're guilty of the doctrine of materialism. It's actually talking about the doctrine of worldliness. A child of God living for the things of the world can destroy the power of God in your life. You see, the only reason we serve the Lord here is because we believe there's something down there. You know, in eternity. And your future is being determined by your obedience to God today. It means that what I have, and he says there's going to be rewards in heaven. He says, every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. That means your labor here, and you're going to get rewarded there. So my obedience to the Lord is going to get me something down the road. Now, going to heaven is free. What I have when I get there depends upon what I do for him. Now, nobody can make you serve God. But if you believe what God said, you will, unless you believe the doctrine of the Herodians or the doctrine of looking at this world, the doctrine of materialism, and thinking your whole life consists of the abundance of things that you possess. Think, if I can get more of this and that, more and more and more and more and more, then I'll be happy. And this is what you live for. Instead of living for the things that's going to amount to something a hundred years down the road. Serve the Lord with all your heart. Look at this, this statement I have here. Because when they came and asked this question, tell us therefore, what thinkest thou? Is it lawful to give tribute money unto Caesar or not? So what did he do? They're trying to trap him. Because if he said no, then he's defying Rome. If he says yes, well then the Jewish leaders have got him because he's saying we ought to pay taxes to Rome. Jesus can't win. They were trying to trap him. But he's God. Did you know that? Did you know he got out of it? He said, what did he do? He says, give me a coin. They gave him a coin. He says, whose picture is this? He says, Caesar's. He says, then give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. And give to God what belongs to God. Ta-da! Slap, slap. They tried their best to trap him and he just couldn't do it. Because he was smarter than man. He knew the thoughts of man. And he was wiser than man. The next verse we have here, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 19, where it says, Lay not up for yourselves treasure upon the earth. Why? Because you can lose it. And it spends your whole life getting it. And then once you've got it, there's great sorrow and heartache when you lose it all. And generally you wind up having to give it to somebody that don't work for it and didn't deserve it. But do be nice to your kids because they might determine what nursing home you go to. <laughs> when the church loses its eye for the things of the Lord, it'll die. Oh, you can go ahead with meetings and things like that, but it's a dead church. Because the purpose of our life is to give life. We are always striving to get other people to come to know Christ as their Savior. I want people who watch on the internet. Did you know in the last couple of days we probably had 10 people indicate they trusted Christ as Savior by the YouTube ministry that we have? That means while I'm in bed sleeping, I'm leading people to Christ. And somebody just sent a $25 donation from South Korea. I got one one time from Saudi Arabia, Pakistan. I mean, 
we're able to reach people a little bit of everywhere. But the thing that we're always striving for is because we just want to get as many people as possible to trust Christ as their Savior. I think it's worth it. That's what gives us life. You see, if a man and a woman got married and never had any kids, when they die, it's all over, ain't it? If there was only two people, they never had any kids, they die, end of the human race. Well, see, the goal is you've got to have more children. Go into all the world and be fruitful and multiply. Well, Christ says go into all the world and preach the gospel. Why? Because you can get more people saved, more people saved, more people saved. That's how you have new births. More people trusting Christ as Savior. And if that's not your purpose and that's not your goal, then you're missing out. You believe the doctrine that's keeping you from doing it. And you won't even know it. And you can lift yourself up in pride as, oh, I'm too good. I don't do stuff like that. I don't witness. I don't carry tracks. I'm not going to do that there. Yes, you are so smart. You are so bright. You are so dumb. You see, you hurt my feelings. I don't care. Anyway, as we're moving right along, turn your page over, page two. You thought I was done, didn't you? Right in the middle of the page, leaven will destroy God's plan or purpose for his church and his children in particular. I did not write this poem, but I heard it years ago. And I wrote it down. John John heard me say it one time. He came up to me after and says, can I have a copy of that? And so you got a copy and he just used that a number of times. And I've used it a lot of times in camps. But now, one of these days, you and I know we're going to stand before the Lord in heaven. And God's going to have us give an account of ourselves. So you can do whatever you want. You can live any way you want. But you've got to give account. Salvation, that's free. But God's going to hold us accountable for what we did with our life. So he's given us all the same air to breathe. Gave us a body to live in a world. And there's people. He says, now go to work. So here's his plan for me. When I stand at the judgment seat of Christ, and he shows his plan for me, the plan of my life as it might have been, had his way, had his way, and I see. How I blocked him here, and I checked him there, and I would not yield my will. Will there be grief in my Savior's eyes? Grief, though he loves me still. He would have me rich, and I stand there poor, stripped of all but his grace, while memory runs like a haunted dream down the paths I cannot retrace. Then my desolate heart will not break with the tears I cannot shed. I shall cover my face with my empty hands. I shall bow my uncrowned head. Lord of the years that are left for me, I give them into thy hands. Take me and break me, mold me and make me into the pattern that thou hast planned. I heard that before I ever went to Florida Bible College. I was about 19, 20 years old. But that became part of me. I know that day will come. And I want to do what I can with whatever time I have left. Of course, when you're 20, 21, 22 years old, you have a mixed emotions. You think you'll live forever. Then you don't know if you're going to live the next minute. So you get mixed emotions. And I said, whatever, Lord, I've got, I want to do something. Now look at the next statement, the pillars. The pillars. And this is found in the book of Galatians in chapter 2. We don't have to take the time to look at it, but look at there in your notes. And when James, Cephas, and John, who seemed to be pillars, that means they, these were the giants in the Lord. These were the men who were strong in faith. 
and knew what was right, knew what was wrong, took a strong stand and became leaders. And he says, perceived the grace that was given unto me. They gave to me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship, that we should go unto the heathen and they unto the circumcision. And then there's another verse that says, For we are laborers together with God. You're God's husbandry. You're God's building. Now, if you want to be a pillar. In other words, somebody that somebody can lean up against. You ever get tired and just like to lean up against the wall? Well, there need to be a wall that doesn't move when you lean on it. There's babes in Christ. There's Christians that are not as strong as other people. They need somebody they can lean on. Uh, they used to sing a song called uh, Lean On Me, Lean On Me. Well, this is talking about there ought to be people that you can lean on. And you know that they'll stand firm and solid. They're true. Are you a, are you a pillar? Or do you have the doctrine of the Pharisees or the Sadducees or the Herodians? A doctrine that's just destroying you as an individual? Are you the kind that... Always got to put a dampener on everything. Always got to be negative. Always criticizing. Always finding fault. The world is full of people like that. If people find fault in me, you ought to see what I see in them. But I don't need to go around my whole life just trying to find out how many people can I destroy. I want to try to build people. Help them to be strong. But I got to make you aware. I have to warn I want you to be strong in the Lord. I want to be a pillar, and I want people to be pillars. Look at the next statement down here. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Christ Jesus. But Paul says, I am the master, a builder. And so Paul was trying to build people strong in the Lord. And all these churches that were scattered all over Galatia and so on, he was trying to find and appoint elders in these different places. And he talked to the elders there in chapter 20 of the book of Acts. He says, you're overseers to oversee. There are pillars in the church. Talks about James in the book of Acts in chapter 15. Pastor of the church there in Jerusalem. And all these things that we read about in the word of God is because there were some pillars. Now, think for a moment. Are you a pillar or a killer? Are you one that encourages people to do the right thing? Or you don't do anything, and yet by your example of not being involved, it destroys. What if every person decided to be the kind of a Christian you are? What kind of a church would we have? What kind of work would we get accomplished? Would there be camps? Would there be a wana? Would there be ranch? Would there be the videos on the YouTube, the radio ministry? Would there anything be done if there was no workers? We're laborers together. But in every church, there's pillars and there's killers. And those that are killing and will kill the ministry is those who don't believe, I don't think I want to be involved. Oh, you can attend. You can even give a couple of dollars once in a while. It's for the heathen anyway. You can take some out. No, 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 I'm just joking. But every person has a responsibility. And every one of us one day will give an account unto God for what we have done for the Lord. You know what I'd like to be? I'd like to be so sweet, kind, and loving. I mean, inwardly, that's the way I really want to be. But God has blessed me with a voice and a temperament that comes across as somebody that is right in your face. Don't you sense that? 
I mean, where I'm not shy, I'm not timid, I'm just trying to be honest and tell people the truth. But I don't know how to do it in a sweet way. This is my sweet way. <laughs> you ought to see my ugly way. Look down at the bottom. We've almost had all we can have of this, but we've got just a couple points to go yet. Pillars are builders because you're trying to be the right example for other people. You want to be somebody that people can listen to you and learn from you. An example of the believer in word, in charity, in behavior, your manner of life, in your attitude, in your love, in your spirit, all that. Men who will stand for salvation by grace. See, in this ministry, we're all, every part, we're all on the same page. All of our shock absorbers are all on the same page. We believe that salvation is by grace and grace alone. And we believe that once you trust Christ as Savior, you have, you have eternal life. It is eternally secure. If it's not eternally secure, you can't know where you're going when you die. But we believe that once you trust Christ, He'll never cast you out. He'll never lose you. You are His child forever. And we need strong people who believe that. And will never bend on that. And will not allow one iota of a work to enter into that because little leaven can destroy the whole message. And it does. And we will not tolerate it here. If somebody comes into this ministry and starts teaching works for salvation in any way, shape, or form, or Calvinism in any way, you're out. I will not. And this church will not. We will not tolerate it. There's a million churches out there. Go find one. But this church believes that salvation is by grace of God. And he gets all the honor and all the credit and all the glory. Because he's the only one that can save. And he doesn't need my help to do so. And I believe that God so loved the world, not just a few little people in the world and a few little select. No, no, he loves the whole world. We believe that when Christ died, he died for all men, everybody, and that everyone can have eternal life. Preach the gospel to everyone, and I believe that. I do not have time to fight with anybody on what this church believes. We'll state it, not interested in debating it, if you stay here, you agree with it. You don't, you don't stay. Is that clear enough? There's a lot of churches that want to play games. I don't play games here. I believe there's a heaven and hell issue at stake. And I don't want people to go to hell. And men who believe in the supernatural power of God to produce the new birth. I believe that. Men who will put killers out of the church and put pillars in. We need strong people. Wouldn't it be a shame if the time came... And I'm going to drop dead one of these days. I was scared I got sick and went to the hospital and got a nice little card from the deacons. Five, four, four against. <laughs> but one of these days, if I should die and you had to get a new preacher, what kind of a preacher would you want? Well, a lot more loving, that's for sure. One that won't holler at us. One that won't step on our toes. So you want a whip, huh? You want a preacher with lace on his underwear. Where'd you go get him? But listen, you need to have a good strong board of elders and deacons. And where are those men going to come from? Because some of us are getting older. I don't know if you've noticed that or not, but we are. And one of these days, God may move us on. And we need some good, strong men, some pillars in this church. 
that want God to use them, that want to be an anchor, somebody that's not pushed around and moved by every wind of doctrine that comes along, that knows what we believe and know why we believe it and will stand there and not try to be ear ticklers just to make people feel good. The next thing, men who will stand in the power of God's might. Finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Men who can stand against the temptations of the devil. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Is the devil real? Is he working? And he works through people. And sometimes he can even work through Christians. Because a Christian can yield to the devil too. You don't want the devil to use you. So aim high. Be strong in the Lord. Get chips off your shoulders. Stop being easily offended. You ain't got time for all that. Don't play that game. Be strong in the Lord. Somebody wrongs you, big deal. So what? Go on. Keep serving God. Look up here. Now I get nice. This is you and me. This is sin. We all have sin on us. Now God, he loves us. He hates our sin, but he loves us. And the Bible says for us to pay for our sins is eternal separation from the Lord in hell. But he loves us. Doesn't want us to go to hell. He loves us, wants us to go to heaven. But to go to heaven, we can't have any sin. So how do I get rid of it? The Bible says you cannot earn eternal life. You can't work your way to heaven. All the good deeds in the world won't get you there. This hand represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord God in the flesh. He came into this world because he loves us. He hates our sin because our sin separates us from the Lord. So what did Christ do for us? Well, he took all of our sins of the whole world, paid for it on the cross, and came back from the dead. He paid for our sins. And the only thing he wanted us to do to go to heaven was believe he did it. Believe he did it for Why am I going to heaven? Because he paid for my sins. You mean it's not because I went to church? No, I didn't, I, he didn't tell me to do that. He didn't tell me to give money. He didn't tell me to be good. He just says, you're a sinner. I paid for your sins. Believe that. If I believe it, he gives me as a free gift eternal life. And I go to heaven on what he did. Who gets the credit for my salvation? He does. Only one I can brag on is him. The Lord himself. I'm a dirty, lousy, and stinking, rotten sinner, and you know it. I'm just like you. But God loves us. Paid for our sins. Came back from the dead and said, if you believe I did it for you, I'll give you eternal life as a free gift. And you go to heaven on what Christ did for us. Now, I want us to have a word of prayer. Father, we do thank you so much for these who indicated by an uplifted hand that, Lord, they believe you love them. They believe that you love them enough to pay for their sins and that you love them enough to give it to them as a gift. They trusted you as Savior this morning. They know that you gave them the free gift of everlasting life, that you'll never cast them out and never lose them. Thank you so much for them. And Father, for somebody watching by Internet, we pray they would trust you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.